Hello and welcome to Colony Drop. My name is Brian. And I'm Isaac. And this is a podcast about the long-running anime series Mobile Suit Gundam. It's a podcast that covers everything from the models to the anime to the movies to the manga and the upcoming live-action movie. Oh, yeah. Dun-dun-dun. Today, we're talking about everything kind of Gundam movie, but mainly news update, what we know about the movie. It's not a lot, but it's a lot. And then also um, our dream cast, or at least who would be pretty good in the roles, we think. And luck would have it, though, Brian. It turns out we both read a little bit about the movie. There's not a ton of info out, but we read some snippet details. Uh, what did you read up on? Yeah, so last last uh, last week we talked about the movie, and back then we, we did say there's really not much to know about it. Not much has been formally announced, but yeah. in doing a little research about what, who I would cast for these people, you're right, there, there has been a few things mentioned that we can read into a little bit to maybe assume some information so I'll, I'll why don't we take turns with revealing new info let's do and, it and uh we'll see we'll see where that gets us so right. the first thing that i saw was that a lot of people are convinced that the live action film is going to be the sequel to unicorn that was announced and they think this is because oh, no. <laughs> and oh yeah <laughs> hold, hold your thoughts all right um, hang on. they think this because in that reveal of the the uc next 100 project uh, Gundam UC2 or Unicorn 2 uh, was listed as an overseas drama and basically the only overseas drama that is being filmed at the moment for Gundam is the live action film. In addition to that, there was a Gundam Unicorn Easter egg in Pacific Rim 2. Uh, oh, like no. one of yeah, one of the um uh, Jaegers gets like punched or something and uh, it it falls and it lands in front of a uh, Anaheim Electronics building and there's a there's a Gundam unicorn statue uh, like out in front of the building which is it's kind of a neat um, Easter egg sure and and Pacific Rim uh, the franchise as we talked about last week is made by um, legendary and they're the ones who are uh, producing the the Gundam live action uh, movie so that's one of the bigger things that I I read into. What's your what's your first thought on that hot take? <laughs> Number one, my question for you is, uh, how credible is this information? Like, is confidence high, or or is this sort of more well, kind of conjecture, not so much, like, yeah, pretty solid information. Well, I'll be honest, I, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, I, I read it on multiple different okay. threads and Reddit, so I, I think it's I think it's legit. I think that reveal board for UC Next 100, I, I think it was mostly in Japanese, if I remember right. So it's not like I can really read it myself. Right. And and that would have been probably where it would have said overseas drama. So. Okay. So live action movie with American actors by an American studio that is a direct sequel to Gundam Unicorn. I, I think that's, boy, is that a tall order. I mean, <laughs> it's going to have to explain so much. Or hope that the audience members, the target audience, knows enough going into it to understand what's happening. And then it has to sort of wrap up itself as a story. Wow, that's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I 100% agree with you. From a financial perspective, that just seems like a, a terrible bet to take. Yeah. Because while... I may have watched Unicorn, you may have watched Unicorn, and everyone on the internet who goes into a, a Gundam forum may have watched Unicorn. I don't think the average Joe who they want to come to this movie is has any idea what, one, what a Gundam is, or two, what Gundam Unicorn is, frankly. 
So, yeah, (laughs) there's just so much baggage there. Not that I wouldn't necessarily like to see it, but... I, that just seems really odd to me to to make your first yeah. your first real foray into the like the American blockbuster film market to be a sequel to an OVA series that was the sequel to a movie and three 50 episode TV series from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. I just don't see it. You know what? It, okay. I'm a big fan of Star Wars. I'd I'd say this is comparable to there not being any Star Wars movies, but Star Wars only existing as like Clone Wars and like, you know, Star Wars Rebels and and Resistance, you know, those shows on like Disney Plus. Yep. And then um they're announcing that they'll be making a live action Star Wars movie and it'll be a direct sequel to Clone Wars. Yep. <laughs> like the yep. fans the fans that are already on board would be like, Yeah, that's pretty awesome. We'll know exactly what's going on. But like, you know, everybody else who has no idea what's been happening in that storyline, they'll be like, Oh, you know, what? What's what's a republic yeah, people that had no idea about Star Wars would be like, What's a republic? What's an empire the Sith? What what there's a force and then lightsabers, what's all this? We don't really no, it looks cool, but we don't. We're confused. We're lost, and I think that's a big risk of their plans to start right after Unicorn, and just kind of throw people into it. But um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be like a an opening crawl of you know a new hope type situation <laughs> where like we're we're decades into this war across space. Here are the good guys. Here are the bad guys. And now the explosions are starting. If it would be a three hour opening crawl. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have to explain what yeah what a, a Lagrange point is and <laughs> there'd be there'd be appendices little asterisk at the bottom of each screen <laughs> maybe they would hand out pamphlets before the film so that you oh, could god that you, it's like a signed reading you know that is a death knell for any movie where they have to like hand out documents you know what movie did that though kind of failed in theaters was uh the the in the like the 1984 version of like Dune which was like oh, directed by really David Lynch. Yeah, that, that well cuz that book is so dense that they had to give pamphlets out I think at premieres and stuff to kind of like explain the jargon oh, and like the, the lore, which is never good to give to an audience that has no idea what's yeah. going on. Film is a show me not not tell me. No. Now's yeah, not the time yeah. to yeah. Oh boy. Well, so that's... so yeah, I I don't see it, but yeah, you're right. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. we're the crazy runs, but I I think yeah. if they do that it could be a, a great looking film, but it's just going to confuse the hell out of everyone. <laughs> it could and be I, the last live action movie they yeah. make. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. So I would <laughs> I would think they're they would be crazy for, to do that, but who knows? Yeah. We'll be there opening night, Brian, with like the fourteen other fans decided to see the midnight <laughs> showing. <laughs> the length also. You need length in Gundam to really do it justice. And when you think you don't, you end up with like an F91 situation, <laughs> Gundam 00 movie <laughs> situation. Yeah. Shards Counterattack, okay, that might be the best movie out of all of them. But at the same time, it does feel a bit rushed, I think. Well, but it's also re-watch. not a. Charge, I mean, Charge Counterattack, though, is, it's also not necessarily a standalone feature, right? Because it's a sequel to two and a half TV series. Yeah, so, you're so right. It's. Y- to an extent, I guess right. you're right. It's a it's a final episode if yeah. you really want exactly. to look at it. Yeah, but that's um, that's a good way to put it. It's a yeah. it's a final episode. You're not watching a movie. You're watching a final episode. But in this case, yeah. uh, you're you're in this case, if that's the same formula or logic, you're watching a final episode to a series almost nobody's seen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're watching the final episode to the series that was a sequel to the final episode yeah. of the of the three series before. So I I, I guess count us both on the disbeliever side. You're, you're stunned, sir. Sir, yeah. you're stunned in silence. I just <laughs> can't put I my read words that together. and I was like. 
there's no way. Here's my opinion. If you want to count the, the Gundam UC2 reveal as pointing to the live-action movie, and I, I know that Gundam UC was used as the abbreviation for Unicorn, my my thought would be that UC2 doesn't necessarily mean Unicorn 2 in this context. Maybe it means an alternate UC, like the live-action UC-verse. Like, for example, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is referred to yeah. as MCU or whatever the DC one is, is called. They, ha- they have a, an official acronym now as well. But UC2, if you want to say that's the live-action film, well... There's, I'd say, two most likely options for the li- for the live action film. They're either going to adapt something from UC or they're going to do something completely original. I don't see them choosing one of the other universes other than UC to make that film of. I don't know. I, I didn't see anyone mention that, but that's my thought. I don't know what you think about that. But my hope with the UC two was that they would kind of draw a line in the sand and almost say, okay, everything before this line. You're gonna see Xeon goons, all right? It's almost nonstop. Everything after this line, we're gonna get a little experimental and do things different. You know, Zanskar Empire, Crossbow Vanguard, uh, Jupiter Empire, whatever. Uh, now that I think about it, I feel like I kind of had fatigue watching some some shows recently. It was Xeon. I was like, okay, th- these people never stop. Every <laughs> every series, we're gonna see Xeons, no matter what happens, no matter what Maneva says, we're gonna always see Xeon causing problems. <laughs> and I, I was thinking, you know, this is almost repetitive and formulaic. I I think I'm gonna have to switch up watching UC with um other series. And then I thought to myself, maybe they really don't need like in UC two to to stop having Xeon show up in each series. Maybe the break will actually be, you know, you watch another alternate universe or a different universe, like a seed or, you know, whatever that happened, Reconquista or Age. That's your break from Xeon. <laughs> That's where they get to be experimental. But UC is going to be, you know, very tried and true. <sighs> someone from the Federation, some, some, someone whose parents work for the Federation finds a mobile suit. <laughs> Which they is take a prototype, it out. by the way. Yeah. They find the mobile suit that's always under construction, right? They take it out and they just smash Zaku's or what look like Zaku's but have a different name for the next 50 episodes. <laughs> Don't yeah. forget, there's the enemy ace that's probably in red and a mask. Yeah. Or, <sighs> formulaic, but good, too. But I, I, I can see a critique against Gundam being that it's formulaic. But moving on, now that we're in agreement, the piece of information I found, Brian, was that this will be a much more, um, let's say, a female cast film. Oh, yes, I read other. that as well. Yeah, we're going to get a lot more female pilots than normal. In fact, now that I think about it, in the original 0079, I don't think there were any female pilots? Well, Sailor piloted the Gundam a few times, I think, or Stop. at least the gun cannon. <laughs> wait, wait, <laughs> but not. No, no, no. She's not a dedicated pilot, though. Correct. Wasn't she like correct? Not she a dedicated. She was on a ship. Pilot. Okay, that doesn't she count. Al- well, so. didn't she also fly the G fighter? I think, right? Maybe like to rescue somebody, right? Uh, no, yeah. I think she, I think she was flying. The, well, I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched. I know Slegger piloted the G fighter at the end, <laughs> but didn't it have like multiple pilots and it split apart and all that? You know, crap to sell toys like it turned into a tank and stuff. Mm, I definitely remember the core fighter, which was just so pointless. <laughs> it was an escape pod. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can also kind of zoom around too, I guess, for yeah, that's true. missions or whatever. Yeah. But, well, she, um, she's much more of a pilot in the novel. I don't know if you've ever read the novel. There is, there is a, a translated uh, version that you could buy. I think they released it in like the mid 2000s or so. It, it's a good, it's a good read. The, I mean, the ending is totally different. Wow. 
Yeah. Real quick, spoilers. Uh, Amuro and Amuro and Sela get together, and uh, Amuro dies at the end. He gets shot by like one of Shar's men. It's it's not a very theatrical death. That's very Gundam. Just another grunt. Yeah, exa- at the end and, of the day. That, exactly. That's the point. So I I liked. It. I thought it was good. Um, Wait, but does Shar live? <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. It's I. I think I. I probably read it. You know, thirteen years ago or so. Okay. So it's, it's it's been a while, but um, it, it's very different. But in that, the point is, in that novel, I think Sela is more what Tamino probably originally envisioned for her. So okay. much much bigger role. Because if you think about it, it would make sense that she'd be around in, in yeah. Zeta Gundam, and she kind of disappears in the show. I th- I forget uh, the exact reason why she wasn't in Zeta Gundam. Um, I think maybe it's had something to do with like her voice actress. I couldn't oh. couldn't do it, and so instead they had to use Beltatrica. And mm. then, I mean, in her defense, she kind of just she's a doctor. She's there to help people. She, I don't think she wanted to be part of another war. You know, she kind of got handcuffed and dragged along into the whole one year war, anyways. Right, but but like that's much more dramatic, right? If she would side with if if you have the the sister of Shar siding with Amuro, potentially falling in love with her. Et cetera, oh, wow. et cetera. So yeah. Imagine if Shar's counterattack was this is my this is my dream redo oh, wow. of Shar's counterattack where it's, your, where... <laughs> it's it's Amuro, Sela, and Judo against Shar, Camille, and uh, Haman or someone. Wow, we're like we're destroying the timeline here. Yeah, well, so much. Well, hardly anyone watches Double Zeta anyway. I mean, yeah. Well, it's kind of skippable, right? But I it's, digress. Yeah, way off topic. Anyway. And and in spoilers. <laughs> Back to back to the rumors. I think that's pretty great that there'll be more female pilots. Right now, there's just such a push and an awareness to make casting much more diverse. So we should not only expect more female pilots in the show if that's what they're planning on doing. That we should also expect, you know, more ethnic diversity. But Gundam was already pretty ethnic, ethnically diverse. Both Zeon and the Federation side. There's people of all kinds of different appearances. We should probably just quote what was actually said. So I think this this came from, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is where I saw it. The president of Sunrise, Miyakawa Yasuo. Yep. Uh, he, yeah, he, he said this at AX or Anime Expo 2018 in an interview with Weekly Playboy, which a little, little confused about that, but <laughs> he said, we are, we are also aware of the cultural movement shaking the U.S. these days. As such, we are looking into how the presence of Gundam's many female characters can be enhanced in this live action film. The live-action movie will not be one about soldiers engaged in heroic actions. Instead, it will probably be a film based on normal people in an extraordinary context while remaining faithful to the basic principles of Gundam. There's a lot to read in there. There is. So right. on, the, on the female side, I think Sayla is the perfect fit, assuming that they're going to do 0079. If you elevate Sayla, she's like a third lead. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, she's the only female lead on the Federation side, right? Who else could it be? I mean, you could argue that Mirai and Frau Bo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're right. I could see Frau Bo working just because of her um, relationship with Amaro also. Right. But in a film, film, you you probably don't have too much time, so they might have to combine Sela and Frau Bo. I could Uh, see that happening. They're friends, and then she becomes kind of the medic for the ship or something. So I could see that working. And... um, but as far as like regular people that he said, when I read that initially, his exact words being a, a film based on normal people in extraordinary context. Did you take that to mean kind of how in 0079 they're all civilians are pretty much get, you know, pressed into becoming the crew of a military ship? Or did you take that to mean this will be 
a very different retelling, almost from the eyes of civilians witnessing, you know, the Gundams and the the Zeon go at it. Um, I took it. I, I took it to be the the former, basically exactly what you said. So in 0079, the crew of White Base is this. It was perfectly captured in that in that tsunami bumper, if you remember from yeah. years back, which is narrated by Peter Cullen. Oh, those are those are amazing. Yeah. Sidebar, but I think in that in that bumper he calls them a crew of orphans and rejects, and uh, <laughs> that's pretty accurate, right? Because they're all. Yeah. I mean, they're all under twenty ish, yeah. and their parents either died or booked it. Right. Yeah. The colony. Even yeah, even Captain Bright, he's I think he's nineteen. In, in yeah. 0079 everyone and more than him died right exactly yeah well because the other captain died and so he took over so maybe they're they're in the military but they are certainly inexperienced enough to where they're they're just normal people they're they're kids basically but let, yeah. let me ask you this okay let's assume they do go with a cast that's supposed to be like you know high school age does that mean they're going to try to market this to high school students because it'll be giant robots and sort of drama aboard a spaceship. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, what what is it? What do you think that means from a rating perspective? Like, um, it's definitely not going to be R. I, I think this no. is going to be PG thirteen for sure. I absolutely go with PG thirteen so they can yeah. get as much permissible space violence as they can and heavy themes. Yeah, we won't see an R rating. Which I think so, it's fine. I don't yeah. think we need an R rating here. Yeah. I read yeah. one other thing into that. Uh oh, do it. I read it exactly like we just talked about, but I also could read that as it could just be an original timeline based on the same principles of, of the UC. Oh, there right? you go. Because when you're talking a live action film, people, especially film executives, they think in broad, broad brushstrokes, high concept, right? Yeah. If you walk in and say, well, I want to do the sequel to Gundam Unicorn, which is, which is an OVA series based on a movie, based on a TV series and a TV, you know, three TV series they're, they're going to throw you out of the office. But if you tell them that you want a war film that happens to involve robots and that stars normal people thrust into extraordinary circumstances, that's more palatable. You can sell that. There you go. So, so after I read that, that's why I said earlier, I think this is either going to be an adaptation of Universal Century or just something original, maybe with the same tone of Universal Century. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay, going off this possibility that it's not Universal Century and it's something different. Would you be okay if it's our timeline? If they say, like, I don't know, the opening crawl or the the black screen at the beginning of the movie says, you know, twenty one fifty or something, and then um, or would I'm you not, be like, no, not our timeline, not our universe? And uh. <laughs> I mean, I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I I think because the Universal Century to me was just supposed to represent some time in the future of our timeline. Um, yeah. Anyways, right? Yeah. So yeah. Okay, well, we'll see what happens, but maybe I'm just being overly nostalgic, but it'd be nice to see a first fraction of the story turned into a movie that we all know, because that's, that's the original. It was such a good, well-thought-out story, and it's kind of referenceable, just visually. Xeon looked like the, the Germans from World War II, and the Federation clearly looks much more like a, a Western democracy's military, and it all goes through kind of the... The general beats of a war that we're used to, you know, triumphing over the bad guys after they're initially winning and all that. So I, I think it's a good formula to follow and trying something else too differently for a first attempt at a live action movie might not be uh, wise, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I know. I, I, I agree. I think also in those comments, a lot of people drew the conclusion that Sunrise has sort of full control over this movie in terms of story. I don't know if that was explicitly said, um, so I'm not sure if I believe that, but you know, if that's true, then the end product is kind of w- whatever they wanted. And yeah, so 
I don't know if that's comforting or worrisome or or what. But it, if if you believe they have full control and you were worried about some American company turning yeah. Gundam into a garbage franchise, then <laughs> I don't know that we. Yeah, I don't know that that's a scene where the Gundam point, right? picks up the American flag and like <laughs> oh please char- no. <laughs> charges charges over the enemy. <laughs> oh jeez. Interesting thing you just said. So the other thing I found out is that this is not the first attempt at a live action film. I'm not counting G Savior. I was about to say, are you we've, speaking we've, of no. speaking of that which must not be named? <laughs> no, I I'm not I'm not gonna bring that up for at least another two episodes. It is banished. Are you listening, <laughs> listeners? There can be no discussion. I don't even want to see G Savior in the comments. <laughs> Oh God! I said it. Okay. It's just going to be a hundred posts. Yeah, I'll put twenty dollars in the jar. Yeah. So apparently, uh, there's a great article at uh, Anime News Network that discusses an attempt to bring a live-action Gundam film to America in 1983, uh, which is really early. The script was written by a guy named Chip Prozer. I'm probably not saying his name right, but he. <laughs> that sounds like someone from Gundam. That sounds like yeah. a gunner on like on like the white base. Hey, closer, you got to watch Twelve O'clock. <laughs> he's friends with Slugger Law and exactly. Yeah. You know, raise raise a barrel. Anyway, I'll I'll put the link in the in the show notes so people can go read. It's a really good article. It has a lot of art, like a lot of concept art from the from the film or the I guess the the failed film. Sure. Um, Chip, but, Chip, if yeah. you're alive, reach out to us so we can discuss. Yeah. We want to know. We'd love more. to have you on the podcast. <laughs> but basically, uh, I'll hit I'll hit some of the highlights. So Chip, I don't really know anything about him, but based on the article, he's most famous for rewriting Top Gun. Um, wow. Yeah, and the concept art was done by Sid Mead. And so if you've watched Turning Gundam, wow. he was the the guy who designed the Turning Gundam. You know, it has the weird upside down beef in, or right? it looks like a mustache. He did a painting for the one of the opening scenes, and it was going to be the Zaku's infiltrating the colony, just like in the first episode of uh, the original Mobile Suit Gundam. I like and, and that yeah, and that got me thinking like. There's a reason why that's the opening in the in the first episode, right? That's a such a great opening scene. It's it very much yeah. establishes exactly what the conflict is. It reminds me of the opening scene to you know the original Star Wars, where you have the small ship being followed by the the big ship. In, yeah. Not that they're not that they're similar scenes, but that they both set the tone for what is about to happen very it's, clearly. Yeah, it's visually narrative without right. needing to say much to the audience. So I would not be surprised, like if I was writing this film, the new one, that would probably be my opening scene too, because that <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, yeah. some of the some of the check out some of these differences. I think you'll, I think a lot of these will make you laugh. Again, this is 1983, so keep that in mind. Uh, the Zaku's were called Zax or Zox. Um, <laughs> the, the production company wanted to use CGI for everything for all the all the visual effects. So you wow. can imagine how that 1983 CGI would would look today. It, um, it some, might it might become yeah. a cult classic. <laughs> it might have been yeah. a cult classic. It, it could have been Tron, right? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, some of the names were a little different. Amaro was Amaru. Shar was Shah, which is actually, as they point out in the article, that's much okay. closer to how they pronounce his name in the in, in Japanese, right? They don't say. Hang on, hang on one second. I'm noticing a pattern. He's just dropping off a letter of like a lot of names. Like he turned Zaku's into Zox by dropping the U. He turned Shar into Shah by just dropping the R. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I mean, this is 1983, right? So they didn't have anything uh-huh. to to rely on, right? There was nothing to refer to. Amaru and Shah, they were brothers. Oh, uh, wow. There, there was no Captain Bright, whoever the other captain is. I forget his name, but he, he never dies. So Captain Bright doesn't take over. 
the mobile suits are about 100 meters tall instead of the average 18 meters or, or even smaller later on. Wow. That's more like the size of Jaegers from Pacific Rim. Yeah, the skyscrapers. Yeah, much. really big, yeah. And there's no Federation, no Zeon. Instead, the, the enemy is something called the Zeong with a G, kind of like the mobile suit. Oh, uh, corporate, Yeah, the Zeong Corporate Empire, which, um, <laughs> spoiler alert, is, is it ends up being that it's controlled by like a, an AI of course. It must actually be controlled by like a, a human. There is no new types, but they do communicate telepathically with some like headset technology. Like an interesting hmm. thing to, to keep, but not just do it the way that it was originally. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then the, Z- the Zax or the Zox, I don't know how they would have pronounced it, have a normal cockpit. But the Gundam has something akin to the mobile trace system from G Gundam, which mimics... You know, the, the pilot's movements and they, yeah, they get a yeah, yeah. uh, mesh suit on and blah, blah, blah. So quite different <laughs> if Gundam would have, would have arrived in um, 1983. But but in the article, you can see all the art. And, and the, the Gundam and the Zakus, they look fairly the same. They didn't try to change those too much. Obviously, the plot, very different. That's a case of like kind of what could have been, I think, in a way. it's It sounds interesting, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it definitely a lot, a lot of work went into it, and the, the guy yeah. Chip, our, our our pal Chip, uh, he he flew to Japan and met with Bandai Sunrise, whatever, for a week, and uh, you know they gave him all this stuff and they told him to go go write it, and and that's what he came up with. So, you know, I guess if you'd only seen Gundam for a week, it's not a bad, maybe it's not a bad take. I don't know. Again, uh, 1983, totally different than today. Sort of unfair to criticize it 40 years later. Well, for all we know, it could have been maybe one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that said, I think to your point, the success of like something like the Marvel films, that has given Hollywood a reason to maybe respect the source material a little bit. So let's hope that this film skews a little bit more towards the what we all know and know and love, I guess. Yeah, hopefully they also take the time to kind of plan out a possible like path for the fl- the franchise, you know, just map things out. They don't want to run into like a, a situation with, you know, the DC universe or have had problems with their whole sagas and subsequent episodes to their, their first movie. Yeah, for sure. All right. Should we get into the cast? Should we do the we dream should. cast? We right. should. Okay. Brian, you have just been selected as casting director All right. for the Gundam movie. Let's, let's start with who you'd want for, how about Amaro, the main yeah. character? We'll go character by character. So if I was selected as casting casting director for this film, I might quit because this was really difficult. Yeah, <laughs> almost impossible, I'll say. So it must I, be done. <laughs> I did this a few ways. I tried to cast it myself without looking at any other people's opinions. Okay. And then after I was done, I then went and looked at what other people had said, and most of the stuff, to be <laughs> honest, was on was on Reddit. I couldn't find a whole lot of other oh, wow. people discussing this, really. Um, oh. The I, the IMDb forums have been shut now for, I think, two, three years. You know, had those still been open, there probably would have been some people talking about it over there. Um, but I didn't really, I guess I didn't look for hours. But anyway, a lot of my internet suggestions are basically from Reddit. And then I, I also asked one of our um, mutual friends to give me his picks. And he, he gave me some good ones, actually. So Wow. One that I just think is perfect, and uh, we'll we'll be interesting to see what you get there. But anyway, if we go, let's go to Amro first. Do it. So my pick, I looked for someone like this for a a long time, and I arrived at uh, I don't I don't know that there is a good Amro. I'll be I'll be upfront. I don't know there's a good Amro or a good Shar to be honest with you. But for Amro, I went with um, an actor named uh, Asa Butterfield. Uh, He was the boy in the striped pajamas. 
yeah, uh, yeah. And and in um, oh, what's it called? What was that space movie where like he's the the cadet? Oh, Ender's Game, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. He, I believe he was in Ender's yeah. Game. Yeah, exactly. Was, so you're gonna send him back to space? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess one other thing I should mention is I did look at the age of all the characters, like the canonical age in in 0079, and Amro's. He's only 15. Yeah. So I think realistically we're probably going to see an actor in their early 20s. I'm going to I'm going to say in general the, the 0079 cast, they're all really young. So I think for this movie they're probably all going to be aged up at least 5 years, maybe right. 10 years. So Asa Butterfield right now is 23. So that means if they make the movie in the next 2 years, he'd be 25 worst case scenario, which is still young enough to pass for a 20-year-old in Hollywood. <laughs> I was about to say, you know what? I'm not sure that's too much of a concern because, like, every high school show, they're mm-hmm. always putting like 20s and 30 year old actors into the role yeah. of like high school students. So yeah. that's not a an issue with casting. You know, you're you're yeah. whatever age they decide that you're the age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> within within reason. I mean, you can't be 40 playing a 20 year old, but sure, you know, yeah. late 20s, you can yeah. play a 19 year old. That happens a lot. One thing I want to talk about for Amro, particularly because you mentioned diversity before. Um, Amaro's ethnicity uh, has never really been completely confirmed, really? but if you read into it a little bit, he's basically half Japanese and half some sort of white. Yeah, I thought they. Oh, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but they, well, they don't actually state yeah. it anywhere. I mean, basically, what you have to know is that his his father Temre is Japanese, but yeah. whether you read the origin manga, the white base lands in the Pacific coast somewhere between you know Washington, California. And that's in that part of that story where Amra goes back to his his home, and to oh. to see his mom. And so she lives there, and she, she's she's not Japanese, so she's American. And okay. in, in another version of the story, I can't remember if it's in the the anime or something else, or the original anime or something else. But his his home is somewhere in like Canada, so he's yeah. he's basically either American, like half half white, half American Canadian, something in Japanese. So this would be the perfect. I remember. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So this would be the perfect Canadian Japanese. Yeah. So this would be the perfect time to have, you know, some sort of at least half Japanese actor take a a leading role. There's been a big movement to get more Asian male leads in films. Multiracial too. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly because I I feel like Char's look is much more, you can't really deviate from, (laughs) you know, blonde man uh, for Char. So (laughs) I feel like... If the Zeons are stand in for like Germany during World War Two, Char is like the perfect poster yeah. boy for everything with yeah. with their ideology. Some other suggestions from Reddit, some guy named Antipasto, he had some good suggestions. Two fourteen year old actors, uh, Owen Vaccaro and Jacob Tremblay. I don't really know anything about them. It's kinda hard to research like child actors. But yeah, they're much younger, right? So if they were gonna pitch a an actual fifteen year old Amaro. Those might be good um, selections. A lot of people want Tom Holland, but he he's already mm-hmm. 25. Um, he's also maybe too likable. I think Amro needs to be a little bit whiny, a little bit brash. And probably one of the better suggestions I saw was for an actor named Ryan Potter. I think he is half Japanese. He starred in like Big Hero 6, I think. He's Wait, 24. his voice, I guess? Yeah, I think it was just his voice. Oh. And he's, he's 24, so he's about the same age as, as Asa Butterfield, which was my pick. And then our friend, our friend, uh, our mutual friend said Elijah Wood. Oh no! Oh, okay. Now Elijah Wood's obviously too old now, but maybe. Come on. Yeah, know, that was years ago. That was not a well thought out answer. Yeah. So, so, so hit hit me with your Amaro. Basically. All right, we're on Amaro, so I'm gonna hit you with mine. I don't want to sound like 
Let me preface this by saying I don't want to sound like I'm kind of on this actor's bandwagon or anything like that because he's done a lot of work in recent memory. I think with his his hair and his kind of gangly, nerdy type appearance that he can play, um, I think he'd be a pretty good fit for Amuro, the uh, sort of reluctant uh, Gundam pilot. Finn Wolfhard, who you might recognize from Stranger Things and from It. I thought about Finn pretty hard, actually. I I could definitely see that. He definitely has the star power. I feel like it'd be a good match, not just because of age, but he's got the acting chops. If if we're going to transplant drawn Amuro onto a live-action casting screen, it'd be visually a a close match. So he was my pick. I think he'd do a a pretty good job. Finn is 17, uh, which is a pretty good middle middle ground. So that, that that could definitely work. We're going to see as we go through a lot of these characters that if you want them all to maintain their sort of relationships with each other and how they interact, you're going to have to either age all of them up by the same amount or hmm. keep them all uh, really low, right? Because there's sort of love interest between Amuro, Frau, Sela. You can't have yeah. one of them being 35 and the other one being <laughs> 17. Maybe. So I, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to that part of the casting situation later. Yeah. I think Finn's a, a a great realistic choice. Although I, I think my choice is realistic as well. But um, yeah, so I think those are both those good. are good. I, I but but again, I don't know that either of us think there's a standout. There's your Amuro Ray, right? This is an anime going to a live action movie. I don't think there's a standout. Anybody almost well, one character I feel like is a standout to me. But um, we'll see what you think when we get to him. Yeah. All so right, show, go, yeah. Let's Next. finish off the Federation. Let's let's oh, let's save Shar. Okay. Did you do anyone for Frau or no? I didn't do Frau, and no disrespect to Frau, but yeah. I've always felt like in the show that to an extent she's a forgettable character. <laughs> I mean, she ends up marrying Hayato. No, so, no disrespect to Frau, but Hayato was more important than Frau, if you think about it. She had more of a role in the ship and their survival. But uh, no, I did not devote time to casting Frau. I apologize to all the, the Frau fans. The Frau can, fans. Yeah, you can burn me in the comments if you want, but what can I say? Victory for Zia. <laughs> so I, I chose an actress named Isabel Oliver Marcus. Okay, where have you seen? I don't really, I don't really know much about her. I just look, on looks alone, I, I thought she would be a good, um, a good Frau. She's twenty. Um, in the in the story, Frau is supposed to be fifteen. Um, you know, so she's supposed to be the same age as Amro. So take it or leave it. From the internet, there was one user on Reddit who had a whole bunch of really good picks, and his name is Heinaluya. Like Heineken combined with Hallelujah. I don't know. Okay. Uh, for Frau, he said Abigail Breslin. So she was um, Little Miss Sunshine. She was also in Zombieland. She's 24 now. So that would put her in a reasonable age for this role. But again, Frau she probably won't make it to the film if I'm a betting man. <laughs> if you're <laughs> casting it, there's no way. <laughs> How about Captain Bright, our old pal Bright Noah? The one person that jumped out at me for this, and I think he would kill it in a good well he'll crush it in a good way he'd do amazing and coming off his current role this would be him playing against type so that's also why i think it'd be a good fit for him and that would be adam driver interesting yeah he's like 36 or something but they can up age bright noah an officer of low age so he'd be in his you know maybe mid-20s yeah i agree i think bright would be someone that would be really easy to to uh, age up you wouldn't get any flack for that my pick for Bright was Milo Ventimiglia. Milo Ventimiglia. Oh! I think he looks like Bright. He was Peter from Heroes, and now he's in This Is Us. You know what? 
I feel like he might have missed his chance because I think age wise he's just a little up there. He's like he's forty two. He's, he's yeah. dad age. He's not like the big brother of the ship age. That's true. Yeah. If you if you yeah. don't want, I guess if you don't want him to be dad age and you want him to yeah. be closer to thirty, yeah, he's maybe a little too yeah. old. We'll, we'll go with Milo Ventimiglia from Heroes <laughs> back when that show was on. <laughs> there. Yeah. Problem solved. The internet. I've seen a lot of people say Keanu Reeves. No, we can't because of the age. I yeah, mean, again, I agree. Yeah. I think people maybe in their mind, like you know, Bill and Ted, Keanu Reeves, but the Keanu Reeves now wouldn't work. No, yeah, I agree. I can see him in another role that I. Well, I'll no, I'll say that later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if this was Point Break, Keanu, yeah, put him in there. But Keanu, he's he's fifty five now, even though he looks great in John Wick. I think he's too old for yeah. Captain Bright. Right. I mean, he hasn't aged much especially compared to a lot of people there's all the memes about you know him being immortal and all that and showing up in paintings throughout time but um and no we know he's an older man he would not be a young officer on right. the, on any yeah. ship and yeah. it, it, it wouldn't work no Sorry. okay how about how about uh did you do hayato or kai i didn't do hayato or kai <laughs> Okay, they're pretty useful guys, but I feel like within a movie, they should not get much screen time. There's, They should almost be like maybe comic relief or witty banter on the radio channel. Other than that, we really can't spend too much time with them since we're so limited in a movie. Their parts could be ripe to be replaced with female you know, secondary yeah. characters based on what we talked about earlier. Kai could be a girl's name. Yeah. So for Hayato, I chose uh, Jacob Batalon. Or Batal- I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But he plays Ned Leeds in um, the new Spider-Man films. So he's Peter's best friend. Oh. Uh, I don't know. He just struck me as a Hayato for some reason. He does so, seem like a Hayato, yeah. He seems like one of those guys that's just never the main character, but he always does a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, so, he's a, a character actor, right? Right, right, yeah. So for Kai, I chose Joe Curie. Uh, so so I, I guess I should say Hayato is supposed to be 15 and Kai is supposed to be 18. Jacob Batalon, he's 23, and Joe <laughs> Keery is 28. So Joe Keery is play, he plays Steve in Stranger Things. Oh God, he's such a Kai. <laughs> yeah, right. So you need someone who's just a, he, he he can just be super obnoxious if he really wants to. I, I feel like he he could play a good Kai. Definitely, yeah. Especially after playing um his character in Stranger Things. The same the same guy on Reddit, uh, Heinaluya. He suggested Evan Peters. Uh, he he was the guy who played Quicksilver in Fox's X Men films, and oh, I could yeah. I could see that as well. I, I think that's similar to the Joe Curry pick. Evan Peters is like so versatile. Like he's been in almost every season of that American Horror Story show. I haven't seen them all, but the ones I have seen, he's really really good in it. The only yeah, thing with he, Evan Peters is he's thirty three now. Yeah. And if they make this movie in two years, he's going to be thirty five. I don't know if he can pass for it teenager anymore at 35 whereas steve from stranger things he's our he's been masquerading as a as a teenager for the last two years so i i think i can believe that more but i i don't know i agree evan peters yeah he looks young for his age but i don't know (laughs) i'd rather go with uh joseph (laughs) curie might might be a milo ventimiglia situation there you go exactly (laughs) he got milo (laughs) yeah uh, i couldn't come up with anyone from mirai no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I apologize to our listeners, but anybody I deemed unimportant to like the overall story that you could cram into two hours, I just didn't bother casting because I didn't think it would be <laughs> much use. I mean, you could almost get somebody new, and this was their kind of breakout role, you know? If, if you were a minor side character in Gundam, you're going to be an even minor, more minor character in the live-action movie because there'll be no time. 
yeah, for sure. Half of these characters won't make it to the film. Let's just say let's that. Let's go to let's go to someone important. Okay. Okay. How about Sayla? Exactly, Sayla. Who did you cast as Sayla, Brian? I struggled with. I could not find a good Sayla. I need someone that can portray being a really skilled pilot, but they also need to be very. I don't know. Sayla always struck me as very timid. Right? She would she would point the gun at Char, but she wouldn't shoot at him. She never became like as deadly as Amro or Shar. So right. I needed someone that could portray that that timidness. And I guess I just don't know enough actresses that are that age. She's supposed to be seventeen. Um, yeah. Well, do you know any actresses who could play? So a I, character that's yeah. 17? So, I <laughs> so I tried to go on looks alone, and I chose Catherine Newton. She's twenty three. She was the girl in Detective Pikachu. She was the journalist. Uh, so it would be a little bit different of a tone for her. Uh, but there is one particular picture of Sayla, which I thought she mm. really looked like. So, uh, yeah, yeah, who? That's that's actually a pretty good pick. I think I think she could, she could do that role visually. But I think I went up to you, if I may say so myself, do sir. It, do it. Give it. Sir. Yeah. Okay. This actress can play very vulnerable, very compassionate and kind, and I think she just looks like she could be a great visually a match for Sayla, and that's Elle Fanning. Age-wise, she's only 22, which is good enough to be cast. And she's played such great roles. She was in The Neon Demon, which is this great psychological thriller movie you should see. And uh, most recently, you'd probably recognize her if you uh, watch Disney films from uh, Maleficent, where she played uh, Princess Aurora. So she's, you know, very much like Sailor, was more or less a princess of Zeon. I think she could definitely pull off a Sailor mass on the screen. Yeah, I'm looking at her now, and uh, yeah, I agree. I think you got me on that one. So Elf, I'm, I'm now on the Elf Fanning boat, although I still Team think Catherine Elf Newton would do a good job. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no offense to Catherine Newton. <laughs> yeah, no offense, but I don't know. If, if we had to choose between the two, I'd, I'd throw my vote in for Elf Fanning and, and give mean looks to anybody that didn't. <laughs> be like, what are you doing? We found the right actress. <laughs> I could not figure out a good Slegger, but what I did find when researching it was that uh, Tomino originally wanted Slegger, his direction to the designer or whoever, was that Slegger should look like Sylvester Stallone in Rocky. Wow. Huh. So I could, I could kind of see that. He doesn't look exactly <laughs> like that in the end product, but similar. He's got that swagger, right? Does that mean we need to get like um, what Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Since he's inherited, he's inherited pretty much Rocky's role in the movie. Yeah. We'll just we'll just you know change the character to that degree. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know who was like the dumb blonde guy in Starship Troopers? That was like one of the buddies, you know. Oh, uh, Gary Busey's son. Yeah, uh, yeah, he could yeah, be yeah, he yeah. could be Slugger. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. <laughs> I assume you did not do Lieutenant Matilda. No, we, we don't have time for that in the, no. in the movie. But I thought, uh, plus, I thought, I, plus <laughs> spoiler alert, agreed. She's uh, she doesn't make it to the end of the show. <laughs> it's true, she does not make it. Uh, but I did think that Ellen Page looks a lot like Lieutenant Matilda. Hmm. Actually, I think you're right. Oh God, that'd be great too because she can really play like authoritative when she needs to be, but also very compassionate. I can see her in a Federation uniform, like helping people and ultimately uh, doing what she needed to do. Yeah, I feel like she has that face that yeah. she would show the audience as she's dying that elicits that emotional response. Yeah. That, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. Those black tri-stars. Did you do General Revel? No. I'm, he's He would play such a small role. I think you need a General Revel, though, at some point in the movie. 
See, see, at this point, it's hard to encapsulate what's actually going to be in the film because that determines what characters would show up. Of course. If we're going to actually see Zeon leadership and Federation leadership, then yeah, seeing those people is going to be pretty important. They're going to play pretty big roles if there's sequels and all that. But if this is going to be a two-hour movie taking place at the colony during the Gundam hijacking attempt, no, we don't really need to see the leaders at all. This needs to be a almost a self-contained military operation story with civilians and the teenagers pulled into it. In that case, just bringing in the leaders and the political background would be pretty dry and probably take away from the story. Yeah, I mean, I somewhat agree. That said, mm-hmm. Honolulu's choices for General Revel were pretty great. He had Russell Crowe or Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Bridges is 70 now, but I could definitely yeah. see Russell Crowe yeah. with a big gray beard. Um, I'll double down on Russell Crowe because he, he was great in Gladiator. Not that General Rebel does a lot of fighting. He he can have a very <laughs> commanding attitude as, you know, an officer. And Jeff Bridges, I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'd, I'd feel too laid back seeing him on screen. Like, yeah. he'd be the fleet officer that, like, drinks during combat or something. <laughs> and he has a white Russian <laughs> as he gives it's orders just like, to, like, yeah. Yeah. After after Garen's speech, that's when he says, that's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, he just leans back and like, wow, far out, man. <laughs> you got some, you got a lot of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Admiral, could be, Admiral dude. Yeah, it could be, that could be it, it, its own parody movie in and of itself. Yeah, just the dude watching, uh, <laughs> watching the one-year war happen from like his home in Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, let's do the maybe... The most important character, <gasps> equal to Amro Ray, who is Shar Aznable. Hit me with your Shar Aznable. Okay. I have two. So my first pick was Tom Holland. Not only do I think he'd kind of maybe jump at the chance to play against type coming off of Spider-Man, this would be a chance for him to show his acting chops as a villain, and I think he'd be really great at it. Uh, he's in his 20s, but he can definitely play. Uh, oh, God, how old was Char? Char so, yeah, Char was 19 in the original okay. film or the original uh, series, but he definitely felt older than that, like a lot of characters, yeah. I, w- I would say. Could have been in his low 20s if they didn't tell us. Yeah, I can see, you know, Tom Holland maybe grows out the hair, dyes it blonde, or they slap on a blonde wig. It'll, it'll work. My other choice was Ty Sheridan, who you might recognize from. Uh, Ready Player One, and also he was in the X-Men First Class movies as Cyclops. I just picked him because he's almost the go-to guy for, like, if you put, like, a a mask on somebody. (laughs) 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 The logic I heard is because, you know, his nose and his lips are kind of unique or, Mm. I don't know, are are distinct. So since Char is going to be behind a mask almost the whole movie, I imagine... I could see them like revealing at the end or something. And then, you know, that's a cliffhanger. He would probably be in the mask for almost the entire movie. So might as well have somebody that's used to being in masks and not showing his eyes <laughs> and can act. That's actually probably better than who I came up with. Come so on, Ty, Ryan. <laughs> Ty, Ty Sheridan is 23. I think that yeah. that's a pretty perfect casting. So like you said, you need someone that looks good in a mask for this. So you have to have that strong that strong chin, I guess. I think he has that. He has the right build for Shar. I think Tom Holland's a little too small. To Maybe. Be honest. I don't know. That's... I'm not sure of their heights. Although Ty Sheridan is only 5'7", too. So, wow, look at that. Does that mean Tom Holland is actually taller? It's Hollywood. They Ty can make them. Yeah. They, they, they'll film the camera and make you stand on a soapbox. That's and, true. Yeah. Tom, Tom Holland is taller than Ty Sheridan. Imagine that. How tall is Tom Holland? He's 5'8". 
<laughs> oh, it got be beaten by an inch. Yeah, okay. by an inch. I guess that's a lot in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay, I can be I can be down with Ty, Ty Sheridan. I think that's that's good. It's a good pick. It's also good justification. My wish list was either young Brad Pitt or Wait. young Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and then when I couldn't have those, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was about to say, Brian, you fell into like the Keanu Reeves trap where like we cast people from like their past life, yeah. like from years ago when we want them now. <laughs> yeah. If they wanted to go with like a pretty boy actor, there's okay. this actor named Timothy Chalamet. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I could, I could see them picking him. Uh, he, he yeah. has long hair. He's 24, so it seems like we're we're circling that same 23, 24 age range. I don't know how he would look blonde, but you know, for this, I think you need someone that looks good in blonde hair, both with blonde hair and with long hair. So I could see that. There's a guy named Alex Pettifer. He's a little bit older. He's 30. He's a British actor. Um, he need to dye his hair. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like darker brown. Oh. Um, he would he would definitely need to to dye it. I think. Oh yeah. I mean, he's he's probably played someone blonde i know i think look wise he has the strongest chin out of all these actors but again he's 30 so he's a little bit older um i feel like if, if he was playing uh zeta gundam Shar, you know quattro <laughs> uh he'd be perfect we're not there yet brian yeah we're, okay. we're not there yet the actors we pick now are might be in it for the long haul for all we know <laughs> <laughs> that's true and my other choice was logan schroyer he's on this is us right now huh. um he's a little bit younger I'm not sure I'm familiar with him. I think he looks okay. I think he looks like Char, or he could he could he be could, Char. He could be a Char. Yeah, why yeah. not? Those are my picks. Um, you know, I'll be honest. The internet wasn't wasn't great at this. I I think <laughs> I saw a lot of people saying you got to choose Chris Evans. What for and, for Char? Yeah, and he he just oh, does not no, no, strike no, 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 no. Char. Yeah. He, I, if anything, a bright Noah. Um, let him get his normal hair color and. Well, I, I feel like he wouldn't do that just because it'd be a little bit too close to being Captain America. You know, yeah. Bright was Bright was such a, a straight shooter and such a, you know, supportive leader of the group. No, he can't be shard. He'd just be such a god, he'd he'd overshadow Amaro. He's just a kind of a big guy already, right? Yeah. I mean Yeah. He's also thirty eight, which I think is I think that's too old. I think thirty Gosh. is the top of the line here. Even then that might be too high. I'd stop at my like at like high twenties, yeah. Because although Char is obviously in the story for a very long time, in 0079, he definitely is still fairly youthful. And that's yeah. why I think he's dangerous, right? Because the Zabi family doesn't necessarily think he's going to, you know, kill them all. Because he's only a 19-year-old. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but another suggestion that a lot of people said was Michael Fassbender. And no, he's, he's also too old. But I, I could Where see him working. Where are these coming from? <laughs> I think people just choose like you know good actor, right? I don't think they, I don't think think they were thinking about God. age and how it relates to everyone else. But you know who's I a could, good shot in the movies? That, that Clint Eastwood. We should we should make him shy. We'll we'll we put three D graphics on his face and de aging. Not even de aging can do that. <laughs> yeah, that oh boy. I could see Fassbender doing Shar's speech from Shar's Counterattack, but I can't see him. He, he's not double seventy nine Shar in in no. No 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 no. No, no way. Yeah. We're not going to jump around. Yeah, listeners, we're not going to jump around throughout the UC, you know, timeline and just start plopping actors like 30 years into the future. We need to start with the first movie and then we'll just move forward from there. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> in the comments, please leave your cast, but just keep in mind this is one year more. 
All right. Sit in your little director chair. Don't jump ahead. Control, yeah. control yourself. <laughs> Chris's opinion was, first he said, no one can play Char, which I'd somewhat agree with him. You got and me two, there. <laughs> and two, he suggested Mads Mikkelsen, which again, I think oh, is too old. God, what is going on? <laughs> know what we in all future castings we, we're not gonna do anything where like the the it's 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 beyond reasonable that that would ever happen i mean think, we will not entertain think, these ideas i think mads mickelson is along the same lines as like fastbender where he's he's just too old i think okay. mads mickelson is 54 if let you me, let me <laughs> Let me squeeze. Uh, let me let me turn these lemons into lemonade. All right. The people that suggested this clearly know that they're good actors and want to see them in the movie. I'll give them that. I'll meet them halfway. You know who we can put Matt Mickelson up for, along with the uh, Fastbender as. Say say with me, Brian Garen. Garen Zabi. Yeah, there you sure. go. Yep. There you go. We both totally agree. agree. Yeah, we. It was yeah. telepathic. We had telepathic agreement on this. Yep. They can yep. absolutely read for. Gearin, and then yep. we'll see who gets cast. Yeah, but there's just no way. No, listen to me. <laughs> there, listen to me, listeners. There is no way we're putting men over forty into the role of Shar Asnable. <laughs> especially, yeah. especially if he's going to be dating Lala soon. Not going to happen. Oh god. Yeah. All right. Before we tackle the zombie family, why don't we do Rambo Rao? Did you Did you have anyone in mind for Rambo Rao? <laughs> I think we both do. Yeah, but I'm not sure. So there, I'm not there is not sure how realistic it can be. There is some great photoshopping going on. Where once I saw that, I didn't even bother picking someone else. So, Ramarel is Nick Offerman from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> There's this. Some people have made have put his head on Ramarel's body, and it looks perfect. Like, keep the mustache. That's it. You're done. He's Ramarel. Absolutely, it yeah. looks so perfect too. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> same, amazing. Same body type, probably yep. same, probably same height, yeah. same yeah, facial structure, and oh god, it's such a good casting. Yeah, uh, the other good suggestion I did see on the internet uh, from Hallelujah on Reddit, as well as someone named GM for Life, Tom Selleck, kind of similar to Nick Offerman. Where if you just hmm. put Tom Selleck's voice on Ron Morrell's body, it looks pretty close. So I, I'd be fine with either of those two, but I gotta be honest, I gotta go with Nick Offerman. Yeah, let's be reasonable. Tom Selleck would never do a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Give me a break. Nick Offerman, though, he's already in that sci-fi show Devs. I haven't seen it, but I heard good things, and I I have a feeling he would you know be really great at this. Maybe an outlier that I don't think would be as good fit as Nick Offerman would be maybe if he wanted to be serious again, and he has done serious roles, just not a ton. Maybe Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> wow! But at, at the same time, the audience might be like, "No, he's our, you know, he's our comedy guy." We're gonna assume that uh, Ramba's gonna start making jokes any minute now, and then it doesn't happen, and they'll be like, "Uh." But I don't know. I was just going for sort of beard mustache people. <laughs> yeah, Galifianakis tried to do serious again in Wrinkle in Time, and that didn't really. Uh, I work thought he out. was a funny character in that movie. Oh, I was he? It, but okay. I think they're supposed to be. Yeah. Okay, how about let's do the Zabi family. Hit him. Your 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 bread and butter. Um, let's let's start with Garma. I Garma. could not I could not figure out a good Garma. I I gave up. However, Chris had what I consider to be the best suggestion. Wow. It's unrealistic. You're gonna hate it because it can't be done anymore. But once once he said it, I couldn't think of anyone else doing it. So he wants 
emo Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3 oh to be Garmazabi. Because if you take a picture of Garmazabi <laughs> and you put it next to that picture where he flips his hair, they look like the same person. Oh my god. I <laughs> It was amazing. I agree. Yes, maybe a younger Tobey Maguire could have been a Garmazabi. But I'm actually going to hijack, I think, your char, Timothy Chalamet, and put him as Garma. Because... I don't know. I feel like he could pull off the look. Just their face looks pretty similar. Garmin kind of has that upturned nose and kind of a more feminine face, I guess. I feel like it'd be a good match. And Timothy Chalamet is going to be in Dune, where he plays the main character, a good guy. And this, he'll be the chance to play an antagonist. So I I feel like it'd be a, a good swap for him to switch things up. I could see that. That would put him pretty close in age to uh, some of the other people that we suggested for Char. So Ty Sheridan and, and Logan Troyer. And they are supposed to be school buddies, basically. Frenemies. So that was, yeah. If you watch Origin, they're frenemies by definition. Frenemies. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think those two would, would go well. I, so I could definitely see that. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good pick. Uh, which Zabi which you want to do next? Let's do Dozel. Who's your Dozel, Dozel. Oh, man. Dozel. <laughs> I, I thought Dozel was pretty hard. Um, I eventually settled on... I used one person twice and this is one of them Ooh. i used patrick warburton twice patrick warburton wow yeah. um if you're not familiar with patrick warburton he plays he played putty on seinfeld and he also played <laughs> uh the tick <laughs> yeah yeah i could see it but my issues like the age oh also if you watch disney he was a cronk in like the emperor's new groove or the emperor's yeah, yeah new school or whatever <laughs> Yeah, he's so on the age, he's definitely got the size. I mean, he's yeah. like over six foot. Yeah, so. I was going for size and like facial structure here. Okay, Dozel has yeah. a very unique look. He's a very imposing individual, but he also has a lot of gravitas to him. Like when you see Dozel, you know he knows what he's doing. With a lot of the zombie Does family, <laughs> well, for the most part, uh, you know, with the zombie family, I think they were sort of underaged in the show. They all yeah, look. Yeah, not you mention it. Yeah, they all look much older than they are supposed to be. Uh, Gar- the stress of leading a, <laughs> a fascist space empire. <laughs> it really, really takes its toll. Do you know how old Dozel's supposed to be in 0079? I'm going to shoot and say he was in his ooh late 20s, right? Yeah, he's 28. But oh, to be honest, on screen, I think he looks late 40s. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And uh, Patrick Warburton's 55. My 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 concern would be he might just be seen as too funny. I mean, his voice is pretty. It's, it's, it's pretty almost, iconic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's a voice actor. Um, if you watch Family Guy, I think he's the voice of Joe. The uh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think, I, I think that's, that's yeah. got to be right. Yeah. My character, who I think has only improved in every role that we've seen him. And man, he's so good. I'm so excited to see him in Dune. He had a very small but memorable role in uh, Blade Runner 2049, and he's definitely got a big size. It's uh, Dave Batista. I thought of that one, too. Yeah, I I just think, God, you just throw him in that green uniform and we have Dozel, you know. It's it's pretty spawn on, I would think. He can definitely do the yelling that Dozel does, and Dave Batista's done some some comedy, too, so he can do a lot of the more and more, uh, the more heartwarming scenes that Dozo does when he's with his family or getting emotional about his men and things like that. Yeah, he definitely has a physical imposing presence as well, which I think you need for, for Dozo. Yeah, I'm not sure on his height, but, you know, it's Hollywood. We can make him look... Uh, I forgot what height Dozo is. Dozo's like an insane height, right? He's like over seven or something like that. Uh, I mean, he's he's big. 
Let's, yeah, he's let's... the he's the obviously the tallest one in the Zavi family. Um, almost unnaturally tall. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they list his height. Are we to assume Mrs. Zabi was a tall woman? Because if you look at Dagwin, he doesn't seem like that big of a guy. Maybe Dagwin was like taller in, in his younger days, right? Maybe his, he's back shrunk in his a little space bit. football days. Yeah. When he was when he was a linebacker. I don't see any height stats readily available for Dozel. Okay. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're out there, but yeah, he's a he's a Hulk Hulk he, of a man for sure. He may be the biggest man in all of Gundam. Like, yeah, I can't think of a bigger one. All right, which is Abby next? Let's do Cassilia. Why not? Cassilia. All right. She is another one where she's she's only 27, but I think she looks much older in the series. Trying to stick to that 27, I went with Karen Gillan. Uh, she hmm. plays Neb- Nebula in the Marvel films, and okay. she has naturally red hair. Cassilia, you need someone that is very authoritative and can do a lot of yelling and karen gillen did that as nebula so i feel like she has she has the anger necessary to be cassilia and the ruthlessness so that that's why she's a good good fit to me god now that you mention it she has some acting chops goodness pretty underrated in the mcu i mean nebula she did a lot of, yeah, yeah. Nebula did yeah she doesn't get a ton of screen time but all her scenes are pretty memorable and when she's on screen, just when she acts, like it has a lot of strength to it, you know. It's we'll look back underrated. Yeah. yeah, and she's super important to a lot of the plot in the two Absolutely, last yeah. for sure. Got to turn that webcam off in yeah. your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Gave away the whole plan. <laughs> yeah. So some of the other suggestions that the internet had were good, but again, they were all the suggestions that Isaac hates, where oh, um, no. they were you know too old. Uh, so some some users on Reddit, Android Raptor suggested uh, Jillian Anderson. From oh, X Files, okay, uh, maybe she, years ago, sure. Yeah, so she's fifty-one now. If you wanted to play an older Cassilia, I think that's great. She definitely looks the part. A user named Jaguar DeSalle suggested Maggie Smith in the nineteen seventies, and I had no idea who Maggie Smith was. But if you go, <laughs> if you go, if you go back and look at Maggie Smith in the nineteen seventies, she looks like Cassilia Zabi. Professor uh, McGonagall, <laughs> God, look at her younger photos. She, Let me pull she, this up at this very moment. Oh wow! See, I'm telling you, there's there's a Cassilia in there. Wow. Okay, you got me there. I'll leave my own words. Yeah. Goodness. Chris had a similar suggestion. He suggested someone, uh, an actress named uh, Elizabeth Perkins. I think she's 59, so she's way too old now, but she definitely looks like Cassilia. Did the internet know that we have to like <laughs> cast people for a movie that's in production? I feel like no, no, they did not. <laughs> I feel like the teacher who like. Everybody in, in class got an F and like didn't understand like the <laughs> what yeah. we were doing. <laughs> Again, I'm only the whole class failed. <laughs> I, I am only bringing up the ones that I felt were good suggestions, even though they're not possible. I am yeah, leaving. I there, there were a lot that were age appropriate, but maybe I just was like, I don't see it. Like for example, someone wanted John Boyega as Bright Noah, and I was just like, I don't uh, get that one at all. Uh, mm, no, we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> No, someone said Donald Glover for Amaro, and I was like, I don't, mm. I don't get it. I don't see it. No, I don't see that either. Yeah, but listeners, Google Maggie Smith Young. Man, that is Kaecilia. Ah, if only they knew back then. This, that is the sound <laughs> of regret in, in Isaac's yeah. voice. Yeah, that's ah victory for Zion. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to my pick. Yep. Okay, I have three. I'm gonna kind of betray my own statements over this last hour <laughs> i feel like a young julianne moore would have killed it 
she would have been amazing as Kaecilia, especially since she's cast a lot in roles as, you know, sort of a, a villain or threatening powerful roles. I so can see upset. that. But right now, I don't feel like age-wise it would be a good match. Yeah, so Julianne Moore, she's 59. Not happening. You know, you could just age up the entire Zabi family. Mm. That's the part, though, that I was talking about earlier where yeah. you can't have two of the family that are 60 and one of the family that's 20, right? Right. If you're going to maintain that family unit. I mean, I guess you could change the relationships a bit, but we're, we're doing this assuming that you, you keep the family together. Okay, my other two that are neck and neck, and they're oftentimes confused for each other. One of them you've seen in Black Mirror and also, uh, well, she was in the Jurassic World movies pretty recently. She is Bryce Dallas Howard. No need to dye her hair. It's already there. I feel like she's got very good acting skills. The other choice that's neck and neck would be Jessica Chastain, who I, th- I think as far as all the actors, actresses that I'm aware of presently, she looks the most Kaecilia Zabi. She was in The Help. She was in It, Chapter 2, Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, she was a villain in Dark Phoenix, if you watch that X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix. I could definitely see Chastain doing it. And as far as concern for her age, because she is older than I thought she was, she does not look her age at all, I feel like. And maybe well, I'll be a generous fan of her or whatever. But <laughs> I feel like, you know, you could, you're revealing she, yourself. She could possibly be, yeah, she could possibly be in her low 30s, I think, you know. Yes. And, and in Casella's defense, she's in a mask half the time. Right. That's, that's right. right. It looks like Jessica Chastain is 43 and Bryce Dallas Howard is 39. So they're pretty close in age. I agree. They do look similar. And like you said, they do get mistaken. Yeah. Even I think Ron Howard said that he mistook Jessica Chastain for uh, his daughter. How? <laughs> I think, look- I think it was, I think it was from behind. Oh, okay. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. So Jessica Chastain, she did, uh, she was in zero dark 30. That definitely had the intensity that I think you need to be Cassilia. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good pick. I, I, I'm on board with that. There you go. All right, let's do uh, who we got left. We got the two male brains of the operation, uh, Dagwin, and we got Garen. All right, let's leave Garen for last. Um, So let's do Dagwin. So this was the suggestion given to me by our friend, and he suggested Ed Asner. And to me, that's a a dead ringer for Dagwin sitting in that chair. Okay. (laughs) You got me in terms of, like, the temperament, right? Ed Asner could definitely play it. But age-wise, Ed Asner is too old. I know Dagwin's an old man, but Ed Asner is like... <laughs> Ed Asner is 90. I'm Dagwin, not sure he can walk anymore. <laughs> D- D- Dagwin Zabi looked like he was about to keel over at any second. Dagwin Zabi is a very lumpy, wrinkly old man. <laughs> but I don't, th- I don't think Dagwin's even over 70. I think he's in like his low 60s. He's, he's I, just I, overweight I and not well kept together. <laughs> I felt he looked older. I agree. So yeah. I'm sticking with Ed Asner. But really, you're joining you're joining our friend. I, I am. I am in solidarity for oh, Ed Asner life. for sure. So GM for life uh, on Reddit. He uh, he suggested William Shatner, uh, which I could, which I could see. Um, no, I don't think I'd be able to take it seriously. So I got I got to I got to decline. Can you imagine? Can you imagine him talking? Are you out of your mind? There's people in those colonies. <laughs> You gotta be stopped. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, 
Join me in the comments. A resounding no for William Shatner and Gundam. Do I don't, any, care, do if, any I don't in... care if we're in space. I don't care if we're shooting lasers at each other and flying around. No, it's not happening. <laughs> All right, hit, hit me with your Degwin. Okay, I, I think I got a couple. One of them I know can definitely bring sort of the intelligence of Degwin. They might have to put him in a bit of a fat suit to a degree. Anthony Hopkins would be able to work in it. Mm, that's uh, a that's a great one. But he's really old too. Yeah, but he's not Ed Asner <laughs> old. Okay, hold Fun. on, hold Fun. on. Okay, Anthony Hopkins is eighty two. All right, <laughs> you only got me beat by eight years, pal. I don't... <laughs> Those All eight right. years mean a lot. <laughs> After that certain age, All right. that's that's fair. But we'll put that to the side. I agree. Okay. It's a, a strong I, choice, but you know. Hopkins is good. Yep. And this next choice, I feel like, just think of his face. I'm about to say his name. Just just prepare yourself. But when I say his name, visualize his face. Visualize him wearing Dagwin's glasses and his head shaved. And okay. we're pretty much there once you throw him in that uniform that Dagwin runs around. Well, not runs around, but sits around in. Yep. Robert De Niro. He's got the nose. He's got the facial structure. He's got, like, those folds and, like, pretty much the weight at this point. He's just kind of a... No disrespect, Mr. De Niro, but he's got the kind of old man lumps <laughs> that, Dagwin, <laughs> that Dagwin has. You shave that you shave that head or put a skull cap on and then the glasses and we're at Dagwin, man. He's okay. There. Yeah. I could definitely get on board with that. I think that's yeah. that's probably a more realistic choice than and, the rest of what we've said. <laughs> and in a lot of roles, maybe lately or that I've seen lately with uh, Robert De Niro, he really he, he, he doesn't love dramatic scenes where he's maybe talking to somebody, his family, and they're having intense conversation and or he gets emotional or even scolding. And that's pretty much what he does to a certain extent after after a few episodes towards the later part of the, the Gundam series. It's, it's just him kind of scolding Garen, right? And Yeah. <laughs> rel- exactly. Relatively disappointed with the plot of the war and how things have ended up for him and his family. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think realistically, if if Dagwin was to make it into the movie, he makes it in for two scenes. He, you get you get an introduction to Dagwin when he either talks to Girin or Cassilia and, you know, espouses some sort of philosophy, like you said, maybe dissatisfaction. And that's where we learn there's maybe a desire to oust him a little bit. And then you get another scene. Maybe he's not even in it, which we just learned of his death somehow. Oh, you're switching things up, Brian. Goodness. I don't know that he makes it in the film that much more. No, I would be very surprised if he's in the film. Maybe referred, but even then, that's yep. not necessary. We Throughout the, sh- the show, as important as Daywin was to Zeon, we, we almost never see hear like battle cries in, in his honor or... You know, nobody ever evokes Dagwin. God, people were more loyal to Kieran than Dagwin, it seems like, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. He was my, my Dagwin choice, and I feel like he was, he'd be really good. I'm not sure what his policy is as he's aged as far as what he wants to devote and put into acting still, but Dagwin kind of sits in a chair <laughs> for all of his scenes. <laughs> so it'd be just him reading lines, or he didn't even have to memorize them. He can just read them on cards and say what Dagwin says. Yeah, I think that's a good choice, and and Thanks. he would be even more likely to do it if maybe he only had to appear in yeah. a very quick, very quick scene. Yeah, a um, meeting, and then that's about yeah. it. I have I have a thought since you brought up the glasses. Uh, do what if, going back to the ages here? So Dagwin is supposed to be sixty-two. De, <laughs> De, De, De Niro is 
76. Okay. Ed, Ed Asner is 90. Anthony Hopkins is 82. So everyone we suggested is way older than Degwin's supposed to be. What do you think about someone who is the right age at 64, who we all know how he looks in a shaved head, Brian Cranston? Brian Cranston as Degwin? Are we going to put him in a fat suit? Because Brian Cranston is pretty fit. Are we going to have just a lean Degwin? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's definitely, he doesn't have the weight for it. And it also might be a bad idea because then everyone's just going to think he's Heisenberg if he's bald again. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll take that suggestion We're, we're going to get a lot of crossover Gundam uh, Breaking Bad memes. Yeah. <laughs> Dagwin is the one who knocks. Yeah. <laughs> Walter White knocking and then they just select the colony falling. <laughs> so yeah, but Cranston's 64. So he's even he's older than Dagwin is supposed to be. But he's in great shape compared to yeah. Dagwin. I'm telling you, one yeah. foot in the grave, Dagwin has. Dag- yeah, I was reading some conjecture fan discussion about why Dagwin is in such bad shape. And the prevailing theory that I read on a forum was um, Dagwin, given his age and the fact that the war takes place in you know 0079, yeah. he was literally around for when the first colonies were being built. So... Mm-hmm. He was probably growing up or at least working and living in conditions that were zero gravity probably for longer than he should have been. So that took a toll on his body. And yeah, so what? Site 3 has gravity now. But maybe when he was a child or a teenager, um, he, he, he wasn't given the uh, the proper uh, parameters his body yeah. needed growing up during an age where humans are colonizing space. So that was the explanation for why he's not in the greatest of shape. Plus, I mean, in his defense, he lost his wife at some point, right? We we yeah. have no idea what happened to her. Mrs. Zombie, yeah. either she left him or she's dead. I don't think yeah. they've ever told us, right? I'd and love to find out. The, the side story waiting. Side story waiting. Do we even know if do we even know if all the kids are from the same woman? Ooh, how dare you say that in the, <laughs> How dare you say that in side three? Yeah, who knows where the, where she is or if they're all from the same mother? I would assume so. Yeah, that's an interesting plot thread. You know, maybe maybe we can ask somebody one day on the podcast that uh, would be in the know. We'll get Tomino in here. Yeah. Hey, where's so, hey, we, have, we got one question. <laughs> where's Mrs. Zombie? Where's she at? She on Earth. She ran away with a, a handsome Federation officer, and that like made an inferiority complex. And Dagwin, that's what started this all. Me, that's why he's so mad. I'm gonna drop a colony on that damn planet. <laughs> Maybe she works for the Federation, and this whole thing was just a divorce. <laughs> her last name is British, and he named yep. the operation. <laughs> Felicity British, I will kill you. <laughs> all right, and we've reached maybe the the most important Zabi member, Giran Zabi. So I'll be frank, I could not figure out a Giran Zabi um, because Giran is only supposed to be 35. To me, in the series, he was like 50. But I put him in his 40s. But to me, you have one job as Giran, and that's to give that speech. <laughs> Pretty much, or to just come off as of someone that's like top-level scheming, big-picture scheming. So there was a guy named Android Raptor on Reddit. He suggested Mads Mikkelsen, okay. which we just talked about earlier. Is possibly a little too old, but probably still, a little too still old. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the right vein of thinking. And then Heine Luya, also from Reddit, he or she suggested Christian Bale, which wow, I could see that. Oh, um, that'd be that'd be pretty damn good. And you he, know what? 
we've seen Christian Bale in in American Psycho, and not that that was too recent, um, and in the Batman movies with more or less slicked back hair, mm-hmm. and that is dead ringer for gear and style. Yeah, yep. that's a pretty good pick. I like I think, that. Yeah, I think he could give that speech. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, he can give the look. He's played villains before. He yeah. can give the look that's pretty sinister and intelligent. Yeah, that could work, definitely. And he's 46, yeah. so I think he's probably he's probably the oldest we want to go on this, I would imagine. Yeah. Because you don't want him to be, like, Degwin is the old man, right? We don't want to have two old men. So, all right. Who's your gear in? Okay. Well, I kind of have more than one pick. You mentioned somebody that I thought would be a good pick, actually, now that I think about it. And he's got his, you know, immortality working in our favor. And that's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> um, Keanu Reeves has kind of done like a raspy, sinister voice. Not in too many. He wasn't a villain in too many movies. The only one I've seen him recently was Neon Demon, where he was like this very sleazy uh, motel owner. Um, but he can come off as, you know, sinister when he wants to. I think he could pull it off with slick back hair. What do you think? It's not one I thought of. Hmm. I'd have to think about that one. I don't want to say he can't do it. I would like to see him try. I, I don't think I've ever seen him be the villain, so I'm not sure. Hmm. It's pretty rare. He was also a serial killer in like some, a few movies like at the turn of the century or whatever. Okay, this next choice, he's going to have to shave his beard, but he's really good right now as a villain in a, in a Hulu series called Handmaid's Tale. And he's played villains in the past too, but he pretty much, I think, looks apart, spot on. Would be uh, Joseph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes' brother. Ray Fiennes plays uh, Voldemort. This is his brother, Joseph Fiennes. I did not know he had a brother. Yeah, he does. Look at that. Uh, age-wise, yeah, he's a little up there, and but I feel like if you take away the beard, he'll lose some age. He's forty-nine. <laughs> I, think what, I think that's that's what beards do. Yeah, that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at him right now. I think he could do it for sure. Yeah. He has that look where, because I feel like when Gears walks on the screen, you know he's evil. Yeah, sophisticated. He comes out as sophisticated in a lot yeah. of roles too. He's very eloquent. He's he's an English actor for anyone that's not familiar with him. So we we know he'd be uh you know very well trained. And then my my final choice, who's also uh, an English actor or from the UK, a lot of the times he plays uh, heroes protagonists. Um, he's been in comedies too, but he's been around for a while, and I think he'd be very good at this role. He was most recently the villain in the last King Arthur movie, and that is uh, Jude Law. Ooh, yeah, Jude I think he, Law. He could play a very cerebral character like Giran. Yeah, you know what? That might be my did favorite I win, pick. Did of I yours. win the prize? Did I win the yeah. prize? <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I mean, he's also got the height. Age-wise, I'm gonna say he's pretty close. He, he he's not over fifty. He's forty-seven. Okay, all right. So yeah, he could definitely play a little bit younger. I think I'd be pretty happy with Jude Law in the position, though. That King Arthur movie wasn't too great, but Jude Law kind of stole the scenes that he was in as the villain. So check it out if you can, just for Jude Law. And he was he was pretty much a Garen, more or less. He was very much a scheming emperor. I really I really like that one. I think Thanks. I think that yeah. one's I think that's a good one. He's, I mean, face wise, he looks pretty close to the drawn, <laughs> the drawn gear in, right? Yeah. No, you're right. I do. Yeah. And then if you just slick back his hair, um, slick back the hair, make it purple. <laughs> he has the that face where he, you you know he's up to something. Yeah, <laughs> conniving maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. that's a good one. Thanks. 
Um, I think that rounds out the major characters. There are a few other ones I wanted to touch on. One I did want to ask you about, because I know he's like your favorite character, is uh, Anavil Gato. Ah, Anavil Gato. Man. Wow. Who would I want for Anavil Gato? So there was a compilation image. Someone said they they did the whole, you know, double eighty three cast. And um, I'm I'm not going to go into the individual other picks, but (laughs) they suggested Sean Brosnan. Which looks wise, I could I could see that. I don't really know much about Sean Brosnan. He's he's the son of Pierce Brosnan. He's thirty six <laughs> naturally. Um, I don't you know, know how old Gato is supposed to be, but I think he's thirties at the at the max, right? You know what? No disrespect to the person that's that uh, pushed Sean Brosnan's name forward, and no disrespect to you either, Mister Sean Brosnan. But I don't think he looks like Gato. He he looks he looks like a man older than his age. <laughs> If I may say that, maybe it's the facial hair and maybe it's his, his hairline or his current hairstyle. But what I'm looking at right now does not say Gato. Gato has to be relatively young because he's an ace pilot, I think. Yeah, just given Nina's age. and Yeah, I, I do think his goatee makes him look old. Yeah. There's one picture of him on IMDb, which I thought. Okay. Oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. He's got long hair, right? Yeah, black and white one. Yeah. I don't know how long ago that was taken. But to me, that okay. looks like Gato. This looks like an early 2000s picture. Okay, if it's that <laughs> old, I'm, then then yeah, we we yeah. We if can't we pulled that. if we pulled that Sean Brosnan into this movie, yeah, I can. That's a dead ringer for Gato. He would be the spitting image of Gato. He would he would not be able to go down the street in Japan without being <laughs> mobbed by fans <laughs> fans with their glued on uh, sideburns. There's Gato sideburns. <laughs> uh, our friend Chris, he casted the entire Eighth MS team. Of course uh, he did. <laughs> uh, that's Let me guess. Let me guess. He used actors that are like in their seventies. No, 60s. no, no, no. He did not. He he used current actors. So for Shiro, he said Tom Holland. For uh, no, he, for uh, Japanese. For M- Mikkel, he said Tom Holland with a wig, which made me laugh. For Terry, he said The Rock, and for Karen, uh, he chose Karen Gillan. I don't know. I could almost see Karen being um being changed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I can see your character being changed. Sanders, hmm. I don't know. I just I hear Sanders' voice, and yeah, I can't I can't picture someone someone else besides whoever does his voice. That's true. Yeah. So the last people I want to mention, I, I thought about doing some other people like, like oh, one person I couldn't think of was um Lala, but I feel like they're just gonna grab oh. really popular Bollywood actress or something. She's really in the show so briefly and. I, I was never a big Lala fan. Sorry, sorry, listeners, if you're a big Lala fan. <laughs> but I feel like she didn't add a lot to the story. I mean, yes, her her death was tragic, but by that point, we had seen so much tragedy already that it was it, it, it didn't serve much of a purpose except, you know, hey, Shar, you can lose people too. But he already knew that because he's masquerading the name Shar instead of his <laughs> real name. So. My prediction is, unless we go down the new type route in in the film, that we probably won't see Lala. I also don't think there's room for Amro to fall in love with Frabo, Sela, and Lala all in one movie. Two, you're maybe. Only, yeah, you're only going to get one, two max. And I think two would be overcrowding it. Especially with everything else going on with Char's secret identity and his his own motives, and then Xeon, and then we have to deal with the Federation and corruption, and then uh, there's, there's a lot. I think drama-wise, they're probably going to choose the Amro Sela angle since she's charged sister. Unfortunate probably for you Lala fans, but I don't know anything. This isn't my movie. Maybe she'll be one of the stars. 
but one I did one a series of characters I did cast, uh, which are our lovable buffoons, are the uh, black tri stars. Oh boy! <laughs> so I want you to I want you to pull up an image of the black tri stars so that I can. Okay, let me pull it up. But it, while I do that, in their defense, I mean, Gaia is pretty put together. Right? He's <laughs> he's a competent leader. I can't. I mean, Ortega might be the worst. Nash, Nash is pretty pretty laid back too he's yeah he doesn't, he doesn't mouth off as much as ortega <laughs> all right so let me let me know when you got a you got a picture it's up, of him. It's up. i'm okay. looking at him so ortega i'm saint patrick warburton i can see that because it's a much more comical role right, right. yes exactly <laughs> he was my he was my original uh pick for patrick warburton i i subbed him in for dozel later because i couldn't think of anyone i'm not sure on ortega's age but I mean, he's not a young man I'm not sure how old he is, but yeah, I can see I can see Warburton just kind of really right. going into it for the comedy and going yeah. going for ham, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, let's do Gaia. So Gaia, I do think, it. looks like Andy Serkis. Just just like when he was playing Claw in uh, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, he's got like that same... Wow, their beads are pretty similar now that you mention it. Like Claw? Yeah. Pretty similar facial hair, yeah. yeah. Circus, okay. can do, Circus can do really good voices. I can see Circus being very... Very much how Gaia's like kind of corrals his men, but at the same time, like if Shar's around, he'll be professional to Shar. <laughs> yep, exactly. And for Mash, I'm thinking John C. Riley. John C. Oh God, that is perfect. I think I like your Mash the most. <laughs> so this is what I'm envisioning. I'm envisioning that. Let's be fair. These these guys, they're they're not going to be in the film, but they they might be in. A, a scene or something, you know, where we're not going to get five episodes of the Black Tri Stars like we did in in the original series, but I imagine that there could be a scene, something to the effect of how we saw the uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy in one of the Guardians movies, and, and it would just be fun to see those three people, you know, palling around for twenty seconds, uh, and I I just think it'd be hilarious, and it would be a, it would be a great you know Easter egg for 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 Gundam fans. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. We could see them in like a hangar bay or I don't know, see them in combat and like we'll see the black mobile suits also and then they're doing really good and then I don't know, they get outperformed by like a red comet that comes out of nowhere and we're like, Whoa, they're doing even better. Those are three actors that have Man. a lot of personality, right? Oh, so John C. Riley hilarious. <laughs> John C. Riley is MASH. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's in our dream world, assume this does happen. They would ideally want to give Mash more lines. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If Gaia's like calm, professional, and Ortega's like really loud mouth, then let's make Mash like uh, more sarcastic, so he can have like comedy lines that that would be good for John C. Riley. <laughs> was was Mash was Mash the one that didn't say anything? I think there was one right that like never had a line or something. Like he that? doesn't really talk much. I mean, yeah, Ortega mouths off a lot. And uh, gets mad at Char, you know, when Char's around. They have, his, <laughs> they have history, if you watch Origin. But, uh, yeah, Gaia is much more the, the cool, calm commander. Anyway, I think it'd be fun to have a, a lovable band of black tri-stars. Because this is for American audiences, so there's probably going to be some comedic moments, at least. Yeah. You kind of see them as the henchmen, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like they would be the, the yeah. comic relief without because the, I mean, we, we the don't zombies are running much. around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you obviously have to be careful on that comedic tone. So I just thought it was fun to cast the Black Tri Stars. Um, I like that. That's pretty awesome. That was a good casting, Brian. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it. I, th- I don't have anyone else. I think we covered the vast majority of 
of anyone who would remotely be in this film. If anything, we covered more because we know they're going to get rid of a lot of side characters or just combine them. And important characters we won't even see in this movie and might not ever see. I think we're lucky if five of these characters make it into the film. I can even see them getting rid of some of the zombies. Oh, they'll, they'll streamline that for sure. I think they'll just say Degwin's dead from the beginning. Garma's superfluous. Garen will be the new yeah, Degwin. The, the big bad. Yeah, yeah you, you don't need anyone else. Dozel you can almost replace with just a, a burly admiral. A big bear of an admiral. Kaisila you should keep just so that she can be there for the the final act where yeah. she needs to you yeah. know, unravel everything. You could even have Garen get in the big zom himself. Because you, you want that big bad to fight, right? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't think we're getting yeah. all three of them. So. No. There's no way. Um, let alone Garma and Degwin, so they're probably yeah. gone. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Assuming they cut most of these people, who who would be your biggest regret that they cut? Um. Hmm. If we get rid of most of the zombies, I want us to keep Kaecilia and Garen. Yeah, and I think they're I think they're the yeah, two most we, important. It kind of doesn't work without them. On the Federation side, we can lose a Frau or we can lose a Sela, but we can't lose both. Agree. Especially we, we, with their uh, yeah. female direction. So, A lot of the male characters on the white base, uh, for, forgettable, unimportant to the main you know, beats of the story. Aside from Amaro, we, we need a Frau or a Sela. Maybe not necessarily both, but we need one for sure. I think we're getting Amaro. I think we're getting Sela. I think we're getting Char, Giren, Cassilia. I think everyone else, questionable. Everything else questionable, maybe mashed up together or... Completely new. Oh, and we'll get bright. We'll get bright, Noah. Ah, uh, there we go. We need the bright Noah. Bright, yeah. We need that fatherly figure for the good yeah. guys. But beyond that, I'm not seeing it. No, this can't and shouldn't be a uh, complete cast match and character match for the show because it wouldn't work. There's, yeah. there's not enough time. We want it to be a good movie, so. But it'll stand on its own. We're confident. We're optimistic, Brian. Well, I think that's our cast overall. I think it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Well, listeners, if you got your own cast, be sure to add it to the comments. And after you've done that, remember to subscribe. See you next time.